0: Hello, and welcome back to Trennis Magnus, Jabs Reality, presented by Two True Freaks. I'm your host, Magnus, and today is May the 4th, or as it's become kind of a, sort of a Facebook meme lately, lately being in the last couple of years. Today is a sort of, like, unofficial observance of Star Wars Day. Which is a kind of a weird thing, at least for me, in as much as I guess I always would have assumed that Star Wars Day, I mean, if, it, if it's going to be, you know, any day of, you know, any day on the calendar, you know, really at all, you know, I would have thought that uh, Star Wars Day would be May the 25th, right? Which is, that's the date that Star Wars came out back in 1977, right? But apparently I'm in the minority on this, and I don't know, I mean, it's not that I don't like May the 4th or anything, it just seems like, you know, wow, we're going to reset what is the official recognized Star Wars day for the sake of a pun, and uh, not necessarily very clever one, I don't know, whatever. But I guess there is an opportunity here to talk a little bit uh, about Star Wars, and at least the state of things, you know, where things are with me on Star Wars or where they've ended up or what. And I actually think that the the uh, music that you're listening to right now is a pretty good indication of at least where my head is at when it comes to Star Wars, at least lately. And for those of you who don't recognize it, this is Imperial Attack from the uh, Star Wars score. And I don't know why, but this is... I don't want to go so far as to say, like, this is the track on the uh, Star Wars score album that I keep coming back to. Because, I mean, I don't know if that's completely accurate, but for some reason, there's all this track is extremely simple in a lot of ways, but there's just something about it that just seems very Star Wars to me, right? And I don't mean that in the sense of, you know, Star Wars as a brand or as a franchise or, or whatever. I mean specifically, Star Wars, the first movie that is called Star Wars. Not episode four, not A New Hope, none of that bullshit. I mean, it's just Star Wars, right? And <clears throat> I guess under that rubric, this just seems, I, again, I don't want to say that it, like, it defines everything that's on the score, because I don't really think it does. But for some reason, it's almost like, even though this is only the second track on on the album, on the score, it's almost like it's kind of like a deep cut in, in, in its own kind of way in as much as it kind of summarizes what the score is all about in terms of mood and atmosphere and all of that you know what what those things are for Star Wars as a film but it's not one of those tracks that's just gotten run into the ground and overplayed and, and I, I would almost go so far as to say is a has been abused you know it's just it's not one of those tracks and so for that for that reason it's or for those reasons I should say it's just it's a piece of music that I really like but as as to me and where I'm coming from with Star Wars lately I guess just to kinda give you a little bit of my history with Star Wars as a as a film series it was something that I grew up watching. I mean, I grew up watching the original trilogy, right? By which I mean the original unaltered trilogy, you know? But I didn't really care about it. You know, it would come on TV, and I guess that was basically it. And I, I think I got mildly excited about the release of the special editions, you know, because, hey, Star Wars, and and it's in theaters, and I saw the first movie in theaters, and it it was just like, eh, yeah. I, I got what I came for. I, I I think I'm good. You know, I don't. I mean, it's like, it's not that I don't like Empire or I don't like Jedi. I do. But at least, especially back then, you know, Star Wars was my favorite of uh, of the three, and I didn't I didn't feel any kind of great compulsion. Wow, gotta see all three on opening day. You know, there really wasn't anything like that going on. You know, and. Basically I again I don't want to go so far as to say ambivalence because I do I do think I enjoyed the Star Wars movies but it, it was almost like they were just kind of there you know because <clears throat> I think when I was a kid you know maybe maybe what happened was I kind of found myself at a crossroads with you know what is my geek identity going to be and I had a choice between I guess things that were a little bit more of their time, you know, things like Transformers, things like uh, GI Joe or Voltron, or all these other all these other things that were going on, you know. I guess during the gestalt of my childhood, or I could go a little bit more old school and 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 go in for Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica and all that stuff, or I could go more with superheroes and. It's not that I didn't like G.I. Joe or Thundercats or uh, Transformers or any of that stuff. I did. And it's not that I didn't like uh, Star Wars. I did. But the decision I made when I was a kid is that there's just something about superheroes. And in particular, Superman. That's what captured my childhood imagination really more than anything else, you know. And so that's pretty much... Where I hung my hat, you know, I kind of made that sort of my geek home, you know, and so like, so when I say that I wasn't a huge Star Wars fan, I don't want this to, to be interpreted as I didn't like Star Wars, I was kind of ambivalent. I don't think I was, I just wasn't obsessive, you know, and I think in part was, I guess I hadn't really bothered analyzing, you know, what the movies are and what they're all about to really develop much of an opinion, right? And I'm way belaboring the point here. The point is I wasn't a huge Star Wars fan. So short story long, there you go. Wasn't a huge Star Wars fan. And that kind of changed actually with, and this may be upsetting to some of you, but that kind of changed with the advent of The Phantom Menace. And I guess not so much, you know, what a wonderful movie The Phantom Menace was, although I do think it's actually very well made, you know, on a technical level. But what the Phantom Menace showed me was, I guess, the exact depth of the Star Wars myth and just how deep this really does go. And it just kind of ignited my imagination in a weird kind of way, you know? And so I think from that point on, I was in a Star Wars jersey, and I might add, a bit of a prequel jersey, or maybe... Latter day Star Wars jersey, you know the post special edition Star Wars, the post prequel Star Wars. You know that was what I was really into. I really liked the idea of a six a six episode story about this incredibly dysfunctional family, you know, and the the trials and tribulations. Uh, to which they subject the galaxy far, far away, and how ultimately Luke's conflicts with Vader kind of made life shit for the average man on the street in the galaxy far, far away. I just kind of liked that idea. And I might actually have stayed in that tier of fandom if it wasn't for the theatrical re-release of The Fandom Menace back in... well. It was like 2012. It was 2012 or 2013. I forget which, but it was one of the two, right? And the theatrical re-release of The Phantom Menace went to see it. And guys, a lot of the gripes and criticisms and, and all of that stuff about The Phantom Menace, it sort of rolled off of my back back in 1999. Because it it is it, it wasn't that Star Wars was a new thing to me. It's that... It was maybe more that Star Wars was a fresh thing to me. And it's it, it, it's sort of hard to articulate, but basically, I guess what I'm saying is I was able to see, I guess, the full scope and beauty and poetry of what Star Wars is as a story, right? And so because of that, I do think it would be accurate to say I was a little bit blind to The Phantom Menace's flaws, right? And they are there. And what I came to realize is that there were certain things that I would skip past in the movie whenever I would watch it on DVD. Guys, you can't skip past that shit whenever you watch it in a movie theater. I mean, you are there, you know, and all of the things that people had said about Jar Jar, all the things that people had said about, you know, maybe some of the dialogue not being as well done as it could have been, you know, on and on and on. I realized, you know, son of a bitch, these you know these guys were right you know the original trilogy bunch they were right you know and what i eventually found myself doing was in a weird kind of way i guess if you can't beat them join them i became a little bit of a of not just an a uh, an original trilogy kind of guy an original unaltered trilogy kind of guy you know and ever since then that's been more or less where i found myself with my star wars fandom but in the last couple of years, what I've noticed is a lot of my affection for Star Wars, what I've come to realize is my affection for Star Wars as a film series, It the seeds of that really do go back to Star Wars the movie, right? Like, again, not Episode Four, not A New Hope, none of that stupid stuff. Star Wars from 1977, right? And... When I really started thinking back on it, you know, that was the one that I kept coming back to whenever I was a kid, like to whatever degree I enjoyed watching Star Wars at all, what I really preferred was Star Wars 77, you know I liked watching that. I liked the imagination of it, the vision of it, and, and if you'll, if you guys will forgive me, the balls of it, you know, it took a lot of balls to make Star Wars 77 you know but those are balls that george lucas manifestly had and i enjoy it on on those types of levels you know and that's not to say that you don't find uh similar levels of creativity or innovation or anything like that in empire or in jedi or whatever because you do arguably in in, in a greater in a greater supply but that stuff is tempered by I guess, the the relative assurance of success. I mean, to whatever degree there's any such thing as a sure thing, The Empire Strikes Back was pretty much it. And again, to whatever degree that there is such a thing as a sure thing, Return of the Jedi was definitely it. And none of that really applies to Star Wars 77, right? That movie could have cratered, okay? It could have tanked. It could have failed, and been the most miserable mistake of George Lucas's entire career, the one which people laugh at to this day. Okay? And, I don't know, I guess, you know, the, the saying goes that everybody loves an underdog, and Star Wars 77 may not seem like it now, but guys, it was one hell of an underdog in its day, you know? And the i i guess the idea of the idea of star wars at its most primal level you know what did people think of it the day that it came out you know on opening day what were people saying about star wars you know and what i realized is that that's what i that that's what i really want from star wars and and you know probably one of the high points of my geek life, you know, one of the happiest moments that I've ever had as a, as a geek is the, uh, the team negative one uh, edition of star Wars 77 being leaked out onto a, a bit torrent, because for those of you who don't know, and I did an episode about this for anyone who's interested, if you want to track that down, but the team negative one edition of star Wars is basically a scan of an original Star Wars 77 print. Well, I say original. I I think technically it actually comes from 1978, but you get the idea, right? So the idea of scanning that and seeing Star Wars 77 exactly the same way that audiences would have seen it back in 1977 or as it goes for specifically Team Negative One in 1978, I just really like that. And what hit me is that that's what I want from Star Wars now. You know, I want to see what wide audiences saw in 1977. I want to hear what they heard back in 1977, you know, and this isn't just about the fact that The Force Awakens kind of left me cold so much so that I didn't even really bother seeing Rogue One and I have no I mean look, I guess if an opportunity uh comes my way to see The Last Jedi and if somebody else buys my ticket, I guess I'll see it. But that's just not a big priority for me. Guys, it's just not, you know. To me, Star Wars is Star Wars 77, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi and maybe some of the trailers for the prequels, but th- that's really it. But Even more than that, what I think I really love about Star Wars 77, even though I think Star Wars 77 and Empire are both equally good overall, I do kind of find myself veering more towards Star Wars 77 if I had to choose between one or the other. As far as films, I think that's definitely true as far as their scores are concerned. And... And, you know, it, it is kind of a weird thing to think about, you know, because there's literally nothing I can say about John Williams's Star Wars music that other people haven't said, and probably said better. Definitely, they've said it more often, you know? So, there's not a whole lot there for me to contribute, but what I will say is that I just cherish uh, the score for Star Wars 77, you know? I mean... In my heart of hearts, you know, the part of me that I'm, guys, I'm not as big a a film score guy as, say, a Scott Rifen or for that matter, a Scott Gardner, or there are a ton of other people in the podcasting world who know infinitely more about uh, film scores than I'm ever going to live to learn. You know, that's how sharp those guys are and how knowledgeable they are. I am nowhere near their level, you know, but in my heart of hearts, you know, I think my favorite film score of all time, it really is a toss up between Jaws and Star Wars 77. But there's, there's an imagination, there's an innovation, there's a creativity that permeates the entire Star Wars 77 score. And for whatever reason, that's the one that I keep coming back to. You know, it's nothing against uh John Williams's other scores for other Star Wars films or just other films in general, but there's something that's uniquely significant, uniquely important about star wars seventy seven that just doesn't necessarily apply to other of john williams's scores and you know George Lucas is kind of famous for saying that he kind of regards Star Wars as silent movies where uh the The Williams music does a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of conveying emotion and and things like that, and honestly, I think he's got a leg to stand on there. I think there's something to that, as God knows, especially with you know the prequels and whatnot, but even with the original trilogy, you know it's hard to envision anybody else ever doing the score for these films, and to me anytime. I choose to, I guess, celebrate my fandom of Star Wars. To me, what it really comes down to is the scores, you know? I mean, I'm kind of a... To whatever degree you can accurately call me a Star Wars fan, and I think that label very much applies, especially these days. I don't think you can as accurately call me a Star Trek fan. I enjoy Star Trek, but I don't consider myself to be especially... Knowledgeable about Star Trek, I like Star Trek. I enjoy, um, I guess, the myth of it. Really, though, what I enjoy is Jim Kirk, Spock, and and Bones. You know, those are the guys that, those are the characters that kind of undergird my Star Trek fandom. Really, and and not even really so much in the movies. I mean, yeah, I guess those two really the original series you know but what it really comes down to is those characters and maybe to a lesser degree like a distant second is I guess the more optimistic and hopeful view of I can't say the world but maybe the human race that uh, Star Trek offers and That's not necessarily the case with with Star Wars. I mean, to me, the music doesn't really have that much to do with Star Trek. It's there, it functions, it does what it needs to do, and I personally actually kind of like the original series' main theme than I do the movie main theme, so whatever you guys think that's worth. But the music just is not, to me, it's just not an integral part of Star Trek, but damn it, dude, it is an integral part for Star Wars. I mean, can you imagine what Star Wars might have been like had it been, uh, had the scores been uh, conducted and composed by, as much as I may like them, had they been conducted and composed by, say, Jerry Goldsmith? Yeah, they might have been good, but would they be what they are? And I don't think they would have been. I don't think Star Wars would have been successful. I'll, I, I will throw that gauntlet down. I don't think Star Wars would have been successful. I speak here of Star Wars 77. Same cast, same director, same script, same editing, same effect, same everything. Change the score, though, to a diff- as such that John Williams doesn't score the film and somebody else takes over. I don't think that movie would be anywhere near what Star Wars 77 is in terms of popular acclaim and uh, success and and all of the usual trappings that, that go with, I guess, widespread commercial appeal, you know? I don't think that happens. I really don't. So, I guess for all of you who take May the 4th a little bit more seriously than I do, well, now you've got something from from me on May the fourth. It's a little bit late because it's you know uh, as I record all of this, it's 11:40 at night Central Standard Time here in Texas. So I'm just under the wire, but hopefully I can get this uh, banged out and uploaded before midnight my time, and then yeah, you guys will have something um, to listen to with regard to May the fourth. But anyway, I just wanted to I just wanted to throw all this out there. I enjoy. Star Wars, the original Unaltered Trilogy. I enjoy especially Star Wars 77. I really enjoy the Team Negative One version of Star Wars 77, but really, when you come right down to it, to me, it's all about the John Williams score for Star Wars 77. In 1977, the world changed. The film industry was transformed. The popular culture rocked. And young minds forever altered. Star Wars arrived. And nothing would ever be the same again. Though everyone wasn't affected in the same way, everyone was affected. This is My Star Wars Story. My Star Wars Story. Monthly at MyStarWarsStory.com